Hello, and welcome to episode 122 of Pop Culturally Deprived, where each week we watch a movie I've never seen before, which is most of them, and talk about the good, the bad, and the spiritually toxic. This week, we're going to be talking about Saved on your I Have a Pimple the Size of Jupiter podcast. I really don't have anything to say today. You can find me on Twitter at Mandy K. And I'm Matthew Bose. You can find me on Twitter at Matthew Bose, which is a fun experience of me making jokes and then retweeting the same jokes because not enough people got them first time around. That is accurate. No! Hey! (laughs) (laughs) This week, we are joined by Diana from the Happily Ever Aftermath podcast, who explores relationships in movies and how they shape our ideas of love and romance. Diana, I love the premise of your show, and I'm so glad you're here with us today. Oh, thank you so much. Uh, Thank you for having me. And I'm looking forward to talking about this movie and my own awkward teenage Catholicness. Yeah, when you saw the list, this was one of the first ones that you said you were interested in talking about. And um, I'm actually really glad you are interested in it. So kind of what's your experience with this movie? When did you first see it? So it was, it it came out in 2003. So that means I was uh, in my third year of college. And it was the first year that I was not living with my parents because I had to move away. I actually spent two years in community college. And so I I still lived with them. And so it was like a weird kind of removal of like the parental guidance, you know, grew up very Catholic. uh, And when I say very Catholic, I mean, you know, there's the first going every weekend. And I say weekend because we were actually outside of the box Catholics. We went on Saturdays and not Sundays. Um, Okay. Yeah, it's kind of odd. But I thought everyone did when my, you know, best friend from kindergarten, you know, didn't go to church. I'm just like, what? I don't understand, you know, Mm -hmm. all the holy days, all of the various things. I remember uh, celebrating all of these different things, the holy days of obligation. And then when I finally, you know, got into my early 20s, it was just like, oh, wow. But I would still keep going because it was an obligation thing in my mind, like, I will disappoint my parents if I don't go. So then this strange pull of not going because I wanted to, but because I thought I had to, kind of came a strain internally, you know, again, obligation in our family. So we Mm -hmm. just we just went, you know, in fact, one of the big things in my family is you don't have to want to. And so it it, it became a weird struggle. And so then this movie came out and it was it like a sense of relief or just laughter, familiarity? Definitely laughter. Definitely familiarity. It was kind of nice to have it just like one step removed because when I saw this movie the first time, uh, I'm like, okay, well, at least we're not that bad. And I realized that sounds horrible in my own brain even as i'm saying it out loud just like well we're catholics we don't try to be cool like uh pastor skip and uh being down with the you know the god and i'm like you know let's get our christ on i'm like oh oh no 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 no. we don't we don't do that we're just there uh it's just 
seem like an opportunity to laugh about it, but also kind of pretend that we weren't that bad. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's 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 kind of hard to explain without accidentally um, <laughs> insulting uh, certain faiths worse than this movie might do. But uh, for me, it was uh, one of the things I really liked and somebody explained to me when I'm older. Uh, I, I studied math in college, so I really I love patterns. I love formulas. And Catholics are very, very formulaic. Everything mm-hmm. has been the same for, you know, hundreds and hundreds of years. And if you talk to any other Catholics who have kind of been away for a while or even see some stand up, you'll see them talk about like, oh, I've been away from the church for a while and they changed a few things. And the second they change something, you can see the people who haven't been around for a while because they'll be stumbling through something else. But it turns out, no, 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 we've been we changed that six months ago. So it's there's some great John Mulaney bits. If you find on YouTube, it's it's hmm. it's just like it instant i i mean i don't know john mulaney like very much but the second my sister texted me that she's like you have to watch this right now i'm like instantly bonded with this man and i'm okay. instantly rebonded with my sister <laughs> because it's just too familiar um right yeah i once described uh the catholic church because you could go to different ones but little things will be different like the musical choices but uh everything else the core of it remains the same the prayers the the um the readings that they do and so i would go i was in college in davis so i could go to the church there and whatever they were hearing was the exact same readings that my parents would be hearing that weekend and i always thought it was just like the catholic church is it's 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 a mcdonald's you walk in you know exactly what you're going to be getting and you'll be fine mhm yeah okay now, Mandy, this is one of the more recent films, certainly than we've done in a while now. Uh, mm-hmm. How come you've not watched Saved? You can you can hear the trepidation of me asking this question. I know, I know. This is going to be a tough one for us to talk about, I think. Um, just trying to navigate the... <laughs> yeah, I mean, you don't talk about politics or religion, right? And this is religion, so... Nailed it. <laughs> Um, so this movie came out in the 2003-2004 era, which was for me the height of my um, tenure in a very fundamentalist church. Uh, I grew up right. and um, was part of the Independent Baptist Church. Um, I know we've talked previously about how my I was very sheltered coming up, which is why I haven't seen a lot of these movies. Um and particularly in an evangelical church, um, and Independent Baptist is evangelical, even though they'll tell you they aren't. Um, this movie was blasphemous, honestly. It was horribly offensive, and mm-hmm. there's just no way I would have watched it. It was it was a way for the world to just be further away from Jesus. And I just didn't want to have anything to do with it at that point in my life. That's fair. So oddly enough, this is one of the movies I was aware of when it came out. Mm. Um, It was an active choice not to watch it at the time. Hmm. So I I don't know whether it's a conversation we have now or when we get into it, but what about it did you know was blasphemous? Uh, And I think this is probably a question for later because do you still think that? (laughs) um do i still think that no i don't um but my whole thought process is on just religion in general has changed since then um but i think at the time it 
gosh, how this is so hard to talk about. Um, I'm there with you. So yeah, it's, it was so, it, it felt like it was mocking faith. It felt like it was mocking the thing that at that point I identified so strongly with Mm -hmm. and felt in my very core that was right. Mm -hmm. And this movie took all of that and portrayed it as a very, very negative thing and made fun of it. Right. And at that point in time, that was just not something I was equipped to handle. Okay. That's fair. I think. Mm. Um, If you still held some of those views but watched this film, do you still think it is doing that thing? No. Okay. Um, I think... I actually think that the underlying message of the movie is a good one. Okay. I think it is trying to make a statement about, like Diana said, it's it's making a statement about the McDonald's of religion, you know, and kind of the one-size-fits-all aspect of certain varieties of faith. Um, and it's trying to say, you know, faith is bigger than that and faith can encompass more than that thing. Right. And I appreciate that message. Okay. Cool. Good. Good. That's the last difficult conversation we're going to have, I'm sure. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's going to get worse. Don't worry. I, yeah. I, be- yeah. <laughs> I, I don't normally do this. When we record, I tend to minimize a lot of my take on it in these ways. And we just talk about the detail of the film in depth and our, our views on those things. This is going to be a slightly weird one for me, too. This is so far from my experience um, that it's hard for me to really have insight to it because I know it is actually fairly close to some people's experience, so I don't want to minimize some mm-hmm. of what it's doing. I, I went I, I went to church schools. I went to Church of England schools. Now, the way you apologize for things in the Church of England, as Eddie Azard says, is you have two Bloody Marys and you move on. Um, it is it is whatever the opposite of fundamentalist is. It's very easygoing and very comfortable with just, you know, kind of appreciate that God's there. It's all right. Uh, there, there are probably people listening to this. Like, I know I'm, you know, being flippant about it, but it is it is not as strong as this. So it is hard for me to identify with these experiences in some ways. And I'm going to lean on the two of you to talk about it a little bit more. Okay. I can talk about this in terms of it being a film and a comedy. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I can do much more. All right. Well, tell us some of the actual film stuff about film this Film stuff. I'm back on solid ground. Yeah. Bring it on. <laughs> <laughs> saved. Saved with an exclamation mark in the same way as them or Oklahoma. Saved is a 2004 teen comedy drama. It was directed by Brian Donnelly, and it stars Jenna Malone, Mandy Moore, Macaulay Culkin, and Eva Amuri. The film was written by Donnelly and Michael Urban. Saved was well-received by critics, who praised it as a pointed satire with subversive humour, as well as a sweet and happy teen comedy. At the box office, it made about $10 million, which was approximately double the production budget. A musical version was produced in 2008, starring Celia Keenan-Bolger, who is currently performing as Scout in the Broadway production of To Kill a Mockingbird. There were not many facts or production information about this film. No, <laughs> and Google, it, gosh, it is impossible to Google this movie because Google insists that you're actually looking for Saved by the Bell. Yes, I had that <laughs> yeah, problem <right>. as well. 
Like, I tried putting it in quotes. I was like, saved movie with Mandy Moore. And they were still like, did you mean saved by the bell? <laughs> no, Google. That is not what I meant. <laughs> well, not today. Now, that's, yeah, not that's today. something I can empathize with. I can talk about saved by the bell and the experience of being geeks and nerds in school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I suspect that there are a lot of folks who haven't seen this. Um, and given the tiptoeing around that we've been doing... Um, Let's talk about what this movie is about. I was surprised. IMDb actually gets this one totally wrong. Mm. Usually they're fairly spot on if just lacking in detail. Um, But for this one, it says when a girl attending a Christian high school becomes pregnant, she finds herself ostracized and demonized as all of her former friends turn on her. And while those things happen, Mm -hmm. they are not related like, mm-hmm. nobody knows she's pregnant. They didn't, like, turn away from her because she's pregnant, which is what that says. Um, so I thought that was interesting. Um, I actually found a quote from one of the producers of the movie who's actually in the band R.E.M. And he said, Saved is like those monster vampire high school kind of movies, only here the monsters are Jesus freak teenagers. <laughs> and I appreciated that. Very true. Because it is absolutely true. Um so yeah, this movie is about a high school girl who finds herself pregnant and goes through a crisis of faith while dealing with the toughness of being a teenager who has faith, honestly. Right. And even it was the intense faith that kind of got her into the mess in the first place. Yeah. Mm. I mean, yeah. I- I I think the IMDb thing, I mean, again, they're trying to get the whole thing out in a sentence, Mm -hmm. but she becomes pregnant because her boyfriend admits that he thinks he's gay and she wants to save him. So she goes to these extreme lengths to, you know, de-gayify him, I think is what they said. That is what they said. I think that is it, yeah. Yeah. De-gayify, yeah. Yeah, it's tough. Before we dig into it, (laughs) um, where is it available over there for you guys? I, I watch this on Amazon Prime. Uh, but it may not be there by the time this episode drops. Okay. Um, it is also on Hulu. That's where I was able to watch it. Oh, great. Uh, I wonder if it's moving. It's available on Netflix over here um, in the UK. We we often see that, that, it, that a film will be on two places for a short time as it's moving mm-hmm. off while someone's got the license or something. Right. Yeah. I think this is the first time that all of us have been able to watch it like streaming I think so yeah without having to like rent it or buy a dvd or something that's it's been a while since that's happened yeah there's this sort of sweet spot of like 2010 to 2017 we usually find a film yeah outside of that one of us is going to struggle mm-hmm. um right mandy moore and jenna malone and macaulay culkin are the sort of big names in this mandy yes. uh, do you know them from other things well i mean yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean, so these guys are all basically my age, so I kind of grew up with them, and mm-hmm. I kind of have just seen them everywhere. Okay. Now... You know, I, I it's hard to get super specific, because there's so much. I mean, besides Macaulay Culkin and Home Alone. You know. Yeah, that that is still the big one for him. Um, can I have a little primer on Mandy Moore? I don't think she was as big over here as she was in the US. So, she's a singer, I think? She is a singer, but she's also an actress. Okay, clearly. Um, Obviously. (laughs) Clearly. (laughs) Um, I 
my introduction to her was The Princess Diaries uh-huh. um, with Anne Hathaway. And then she did the, oh, God, what's the author's name? Mm-hmm. I'm terrible for not remembering this. The, the guy who wrote um, Nicholas Sparks. Nicholas Sparks, he did A Walk to Remember. Oh, right. Um, she was the main character in that. Um, I think that was done... her big uh, kind of acting debut, okay. I would assume. Yeah, that was the first time she did a lead. Yes. Um, and, and she sang in that as well. You know, she's done a couple other, like, B-movies. Um, she did the... You know how they often release, like, two studios will release the exact same movie with just mm. different actors and different titles? Mm-hmm. Um, she was in a movie called Chasing Liberty where she played <laughs> the daughter of the president. <laughs> At the same time, Katie Holmes did the same movie called First Daughter. <laughs> so I, I've seen both of them. I mix them up all the time. Right. Um, she was Rapunzel and Tangled. Ah, uh, yes. okay, right. She's if that helps. That one, yes. Um, and she's also currently on, um, she's the mom on the TV show This Is Us. Okay. Which is like super popular over here. It's, it's relatively new. It's the big like family drama that's on TV over here right now. So she's not Hannah Montana. No. Okay. (laughs) No. Um, I actually think, I think she's more popular as an actress than a singer. I agree. I mean, she's really good. She's very talented, but she came out around the same time as Britney Spears and she just didn't have the same kind of appeal because she's more wholesome. Mm. Right. Yeah. There's this whole strata of, actresses about this age about this style so i'm gonna get them mixed up i'm really sorry oh no you totally should this is gonna be the episode where i get a lot of stuff wrong (laughs) yeah so one of my favorite movies though and i actually own this movie on dvd is a movie called because i said so right and she plays the lead um daughter it stars diane keaton and mandy moore and lauren graham of gilmore girls fame okay Mm -hmm. And the girl, Piper Parabo, she's uh, the lead in, in Coyote Ugly. Um, I love that movie, and I would absolutely recommend it to anybody. Um, so when I actually think of Mandy Moore now, I think more of that movie and This Is Us. Uh, I haven't even heard of that one, I'm afraid. Yeah. Um, I ha- actually have the DVD for that one. So, And it, it, I love Diane Keaton, too. So. Uh, well, if ever we do you know, films that are reverse. <laughs> You didn't get that on the list this time, so we're not doing it. <laughs> I know, I know. I've st- we've got another list. That list is getting longer. It really is. <laughs> okay, so um, I want to talk about similar material, films like this, films this reminded you of. Um, Juno is, in some ways, an obvious one. Easy A is a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Mean Girls stood out to me watching it. You've seen Mean Girls, right? I have seen Mean Girls. Okay. I didn't really see a similarity, but I guess the meanness of the girls is the similarity <laughs> yeah meanness of the girls the plots the things that happen in it <laughs> <laughs> okay now the plot's not the same come on mm. i i honestly i did i had a hard time thinking of similar material but i think it's because i was so stuck on the religious satire part of it mm-hmm. that yeah. kind of looking beyond that to like just thematic theme and tone um you're right mean girls is is on that list which i have seen i think i saw juno but i'm not positive and i know i haven't seen easy a okay 
Well, we won't talk about them. <laughs> I would uh I would recommend you seeing Easy A and in fact I uh after I finished this movie, I went to go watch the trailer for Easy A and I'm just like, "All right, now who is the religious girl mean equivalent of the Oh, Amanda Bynes. Got it. Got it." Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I I've, I've wanted to see it. I just haven't had time or gotten around to it. Oh, yeah. There's a lot of movies to see. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I always ask you if you enjoyed it, and I'm not sure mm-hmm. whether you're going to be able to answer that this time. But did you enjoy Saved? <laughs> I mean, overall, yes. Okay. It, it is an absolutely entertaining movie. It's well done. The performances are great. But it was hard to watch, um, I think, particularly coming from my background. I know... Um, it sounds like my background is probably the closest to this one from from you guys. Um, I know Catholic can be very similar, um, but like you said, it was more serious and not trying to be so cool. Mm-hmm. You know, like like this movie is doing, and and Matthew, mm-hmm. you seem to indicate this was just really a foreign experience. Yeah. <laughs> and watching this movie, it hurt because it's so painfully accurate. You know, and so honestly, one of my questions is, is it satire if it's true? Because while while you want to think that this is some horribly stereotypical caricature, and it, I mean, it is to some extent, but this is pretty accurate. It's pretty close. I have lived this experience. Okay. I, I have had pastors like Pastor Skip. I have had the same level of blind faith that Mary had, I have been as mean as Hillary Faye. You know, I, I saw myself in many of these characters and the experiences that they were having. Um, and it was just hard to watch, partly just because I am in a place now where that is completely unfamiliar to me because I would never be in that place now, but knowing that I was at some point in my life, Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just complicated. Let's talk about it a little bit as a film. Do you think it works as a comedy? Because if this is very close to the real life experience, I mean, is it even appropriate to be a comedy? And then does it actually achieve its aims without necessarily uh, putting people down, denigrating those with faith? I mean, it is over the top in a lot of ways. But it's hard to be over the top on something that's already over the top, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, you know, and, and so they did really well on, I mean, like the line, are you okay? No, I'm not okay. Jesus just fell on my car and I have a pimple the size of Jupiter on my face. Mm. You know, it, it's funny. Um, C- Cassandra was hilarious. But the things that I found <laughs> hilarious about her were the way that she mocked openly mocked religion like the the scene where she was faking speaking in tongues <laughs> was hysterical to me um but i also have a lot of baggage when it comes to that particular facet of faith so i don't know if i can really separate the comedy from everything else um but i can't say i laughed a lot okay so it it works as a comedy i i think it does i think I think there's a large swath of people where it wouldn't. Um, right. If you I Google agree. this movie for reviews, 
like the entire first three pages of Google are exclusively Christian websites writing about this movie right. and how much they hate it. Okay. You know, and I, I think that's fair. I mean, that's why I didn't watch it to start with. Um, it's, I understand why it's offensive because when you're in this kind of space, it's hard to recognize it as being accurate. It's hard to see it as anything other than a mockery. Mm-hmm. And it's really kind of only once you step out of that space that you can see that it's really kind of not. Yeah. And Diana, it sounds like it was actually the, the sort of comic aspects of it that appealed to you more than anything because it was so on point, but doing it in a fun way. Oh, yeah. I, I'm, I'm absolutely understanding what you're saying, Mandy. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my husband is an atheist. And so he was watching this and he's like, I, I don't get it yeah that's that's how they are is this funny and i'm like well yeah because it's it's again i'm right in the middle of it where Mm -hmm. you know religion was there and it was a very important part of my life but it wasn't that so therefore it's it's kind of funny but re-watching this now one of the things i think is amazing is i wasn't focusing on the fact that they decided to be christian and using that as a weapon but instead that they were just being the the blatant hypocrisy which is the joke mm-hmm. for me it's you know if you take that and if you like strip religion from it like and if you switch it to something else like uh actually i'm not even sure how because religion is so prevalent and oh wow i'm, I'm not even sure how to break it down but for me it's something that really f- became so important in my early 20s it's just the hypocrisy of everyone just like you know i'm a good christian girl and and in doing so we're gonna you know turn our backs on people mm-hmm. and i'm actually i felt it even deeper with everything that's been going on lately so you know all of these laws that are being changed and all of this different legislation and then you know different protests and all these different things in the news just kind of kind of blows my mind it's you know not to break it down even earlier but if we're talking about shootings or anything to that effect, mm-hmm. and then you later find out that the people who orchestrated it were doing it in the name of their, you know, their God. And I'm just like, uh, so, yeah. uh, you know, just, just kind of backs up. I'm just like, wait, what did, did you, did you miss the memo that were about forgiveness and, you know, love and uh, understanding forgiveness? Oh, so it just kind of moves me back into a spiral. Mm-hmm. So being able to focus on, well, I don't want to, I don't want to reduce a person's experience in high school as less important because certain things that happen can be absolutely devastating, but reducing it to just, you know, oh, she can't be in the clique anymore because she's not falling in line with anything. That's a kind of a less destructive environment to tell this story in a funny way but again it's just so potentially devastating so i i understand why it's 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 still touchy for some people Mm -hmm. who were there before who aren't there before and i could see why the comedy would go over the people's head if they just didn't have any understanding of it yeah so it's interesting. I recently went to a um, contemporary Christian concert with my mom. I bought her tickets to Casting Crowns for Christmas, and that meant I had to be her date because she didn't have anybody else to go with. 
and I, I wrote about the experience afterwards and, and kind of about the Christian bubble that I was witnessing and how it was so bizarre watching something that used to be so familiar to me kind of from the inside out instead of from the outside in. Mm-hmm. And I was seeing that in this movie as well. It, it it felt very familiar because I was watching, you know, Mary was so, so convinced in her righteousness and her faith and what she thought was right and what she thought she had been taught was right, that she had to do something that went against the teachings of her church and teachings against against the teachings of God to have premarital sex with her boyfriend because she thought that's what could save her, save him, mm-hmm. you know. And, and so, like, in, in some ways that feels a little bit like hypocrisy. You're doing something that you know is wrong, but you're saying it's good. Right. And then you contrast that with what Hillary Faye did. Um, you know, it's easy to look at her and dismiss her just as a mean girl who is doing all of these mean things just to be mean. But they actually show you in the movie that she acts the way that she does because she believes it's the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. You get the scene of her um, after Cassandra doesn't get expelled and her brother is still like smoking and everything with her. And she is just so utterly distraught. They show you the scene of her alone in her bedroom crying and praying, asking God, what do I do? Show me what to do. Tell me what to do. Mm-hmm. And the result of that is she does the graffiti and blames it on them to get them expelled. Mm-hmm. You know, And so in her mind, even though she did something wrong and she ultimately lies and frames them, in her mind, she did the right thing for her, for her faith, for her school, for her church. Right. And it's just, it's so weird to see. And it seems like it's so over the top, but it's such a like blatant way to explain how people experience faith mm-hmm. and why faith can look like hypocrisy from the outside, but not from the inside. Right. Does that make sense? It does, mm. and I'm I'm trying to absorb it. And even on a smaller scale, there's a uh, there's a scene where Cassandra and Roland, uh, uh, Macaulay Culkin's character, see Mary coming out of the Planned Parenthood, and Cassandra says, "Oh, there's only one reason why a Christian girl is coming out of the Planned Parenthood." And Roland said, "She's gonna." plant a pipe bomb mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm wondering because his the, the way he delivered it was so genuine i'm wondering that even though he's very cynical about all of that and makes jokes about the school and he's not really a christian i'm wondering if he himself also absorbed it as well just by you know there i'm like it didn't even occur to him that she could be pregnant because you know well no that's not what good christian girls do so it's just like wait she's gonna she's gonna do a pipe bomb and i thought yeah. oh wait that's like even a better, deeper joke than I realized, assuming that was the intention of it too, which is that even though the people who are cynical around it still absorb all mm-hmm. of the, uh, all of the, I-, I won't say negative, but just the ingrained thoughts of what should and should not be right. Mm. Yeah. And no, that's absolutely how I read that joke as well. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's as um, our friend Lonnie Diane Rich says, it, it's still gr- you're still growing in the same soil. 
So you're still absorbing oh. some of the some of the same stuff, even if you are different from everything around you. Mm-hmm. I really like what you were saying, Mandy, about the fact the Mandy Moore character, Hillary, Hillary, Hillary Faye. Um, yeah, she does utterly buy into it because even when the Jewish girl, Cassandra, uh-huh. yes, yep, even when she. Um, it keeps mocking her and keeps sort of trying to pretend that she's into it but isn't. Hilary Faye buys that every time. She wants them to be part of this and she does not understand why they are not. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just so alien to her view. So it's not just that she likes being the popular central one that everyone loves. The Cordelia or the you know centre mm-hmm. of the plastics, that kind of thing. Right. She actually believes and buys into it. So I don't think they necessarily treat that as comedy. But it's the interactions between the believer and the non-believer that is the the funny thing, the situation mm-hmm. rather than the person. Right. Because part of me was wondering, like, uh, uh, are they actually trying to mock? Because there's times that it feels like they're actually trying to walk a line and not be too bad and say there are some good things in this. This gives a community, this brings people together. There are elements mm-hmm. of belief that help people through some very difficult things. But at the same time, there's fundamentalism that is actually fairly damaging to those around you exactly like you were saying and i i can't decide and, and that quote that you had from michael stipe makes me feel a bit like jesus freak teenagers they're like vampires it's awful but i don't think they ever went that far i i kind of feel like they were trying to a little bit mm. just so that the moral of the story you know that final shot with everybody being happy with mary having had the baby mm-hmm. Like, they come together at the end and everything is good. Like, I think they were trying to make the teenage Jesus freaks that bad just so that that ending has more impact. I don't entirely know that it worked, but I got the feeling that's what they were trying to do. Yeah, because even at the end, they are there for Hillary Faye. She is clearly having a crisis and a breakdown over this. And they're still mm-hmm. prepared to go and talk to her and try and help her through it. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there is positivity within it all and no one is pushed out because of the way they behaved in the same way they somewhat are in other similar high school films. So I feel this does a very good job of it, but also it's hard to rally behind because it doesn't go to a hard line on either direction. Well, but it's interesting though because it it almost does because... The people who rally around Mary and Hillary Fay are not the devout Christians. Mm-hmm. You know, right. it's Cassandra and Roland who are there for Hillary Fay. You know, it's it's Mary's mom, it's Dean and Dean's boyfriend who are there for Mary. It's not Pastor Skip. You know, we get that final scene of Pastor Skip trying to decide if he's mm-hmm. gonna come in or not. Like he wants to, but he's not going to. He wants to. You know, and so we still never get the actual devout Christians who are trying to spread the love of Christ, they're not the ones who end up embracing everybody. They're the ones who are being embraced. Yeah, and I think we're supposed to appreciate it that he's at least taking steps in that direction. Mm-hmm. Coming in from yeah. his hardline you know, abstinence and, and and all the teachings that the film goes into. Right. And he's starting to, okay, people can be different and we can still forgive and accept. Right. And when Mary and Cassandra and Roland crash the prom, 
uh, I, off, you know, it just put, came into my head right now. He's just like, well, you know, when Hillary mm. Faye was just like, Pastor Skip, they're here. And he's like, well, I think the good Christian thing to do is to let them be here. And what just occurred to me, I'm like, oh, I wonder if he did that only because his son was there and he would have to kick out his own son as well. Or if he was actually trying to have the good Christian thing to do, because the second Dean and the rest of the people from Mercy House came back, he's just like, no, 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 they need to go. They need to go. So. Oh, that's interesting. I don't know. Hmm. He was quite the character. Indeed. Mm. All of his meetings with Mary's mom. (laughs) Right. Yeah. I think um, so. So, given all of these things that we're talking about, who do you think the intended audience for this movie is? Because that is something that I can't figure out. Because I, I don't think the intended audience is actually the devout Christian, the devout evangelical Christian. I agree. Yeah, from what you say, um, and reviews, if it was, yeah. they utterly failed. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I just, I can't figure out who it's supposed to be if i had to take a guess um i don't know because again the background information wasn't extensive i imagine the writer of this movie was writing it from their own experience Mm -hmm. so therefore the people who would enjoy this you know in turn the audience would enjoy this is the people who have been through a similar if not the exact same experience so those who have seen it and experienced it and also lived it um but also have seen are able to kind of remove that veil and see oh that wasn't that wasn't the best course of action in terms mm-hmm. of faith so so maybe like the marys of the world who come out of it maybe not quite the same as they went in but still believing that there is a God there. You know, the world isn't just this random chaotic place. There's, there's that version. Yeah. And then there's the people who didn't have to deal with a, a teenage pregnancy or some sort of horrific uh, set of circumstances to get to that point. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at Dean, who was cast out of his house by his parents and he still comes back and said, you know, I know God still loves me. I think that's, probably the strongest people in the world that pay, you know face some version of judgment and even persecution and still you know from that community right and, st- and still hold on to the faith i think those are incredibly strong people mm-hmm. it was interesting watching the trailer because that i don't think mentions the gay boyfriend and doesn't really go into her getting pregnant it it huh. tries to pitch it more as a teen high school comedy in the vein of a Mean Girls American Pie type thing but it's set in a you know heavily religious school and it's got religious elements to the comedy as well that's that's the twist mm-hmm. on this the actual plot of this and we see this a lot when we look at trailers they they miss out whole chunks of what's actually going on because it's hard to explain in a short time so let's just focus on the vibe of the piece right but I think from that they were pitching it at you know, just being a high school comedy for teens and young adults. Um, yeah. I think you're absolutely right. The fact that it, it has appealed to the two of you quite so much, I think, speaks to who gets the most out of this in general. And and how, mm-hmm. you know, we've heard from several people how this speaks to their experience. I think you're absolutely right that this is someone who knows this world pretty well writing it. 
Um, yeah. At IU Gold Jen on Twitter. I absolutely love this movie. It reminds me so much of the church I grew up in, but it's definitely meaner than we were. I hope it made me laugh and cringe. <laughs> Um, at Strangely Literal I'm so glad you're covering it it's one of my favourites from when I was in high school so many good quotes and it helped me feel more certain regarding my opinions about healthy religious practices mm-hmm. um, uh, and we had a number I think we might return to some of these uh, our friend Lauren at Six Legged Knits when I first saw it I thought it was most about what being a Christian should be that you start by loving someone where they are even if you don't fully agree with their choices it's been a few years so I might go and see if I still agree with that and then absolutely she did. She watched it and gave us a lot of thoughts. So we'll dig into them, I think, in a second. But in terms of who gets a lot from this, I think, yeah, people who are teens before around this time and growing up at this time and mm-hmm. seeing this experience are going, yes, this speaks to my experience, but with a comedic twist. Mm-hmm. Right. But I'm really, I, I, I'm fascinated by the fact it does question some of those things and point out some of the possible hypocrisies and downsides of it and particularly because it um oh, i'm about to steal his line but it, it looks at a lot of different issues so um one of our friends at grok on twitter he said that he's been ruminating about this film because he enjoyed it a lot more than i did um and we have fairly similar backgrounds it all comes down to the light-hearted nature that it uses to present what are topics that themselves are not so they're not light-hearted topics. It, it covers quite a mm-hmm. breadth of topics beyond the upfront questions about conversion therapy, teen pregnancy. It looks at privilege, um, topics oh, yeah. such as privilege, parental controls of those not of age, seeking to find one's identity, rebelling against repression, religious doctrine used for personal gain. And I put it in a similar place, but obviously radically different from uh, Donnie Darko. Oh. Now, that's another film that speaks to the kind of teen experience and the outsider experience. Right. And yeah. And also. Come. Yeah. Oh, also has Jenna Malone in it. Oh, does it? <laughs> yeah. There's a good link. But yeah, actually, when you think about it, there is a lot going in this film beyond just it's in a religious institution and dealing with some of the elements of the, the characters you might meet there in a comedic way. But yeah, it is. It doesn't really take a stance on gay conversion. I think the only thing there is uh, you're putting lots of people who are thinking they're gay in a room together. There's only mm. only one thing that's going to happen there, <laughs> which may or may not be true. The The pregnancy itself, I don't know. Mm, it seems to be a very easy pregnancy. Mm-hmm. And she does seem to hide it very, very well, which I'm not sure is true. Yeah, I think the, the humor to that is that she even said it herself, like everyone is, it's just so uncommon that if you hide it well enough, or if you just try to hide it, period, people won't even notice. Mm. Well, and I think that goes back to Roland's joke, you know? Yeah. He oh, absolutely yeah. doesn't expect her to be pregnant, so that's obviously not what it is. Mm. It yeah. has to be something else. Yeah. And the mom was saying, I thought she was just stress eating. I didn't want to make her feel bad. <laughs> yeah. That is lovely. That is, I do like yeah. that moment. That was a good one. And and whilst it could go farther, at least it does introduce these elements and it does try to play them in this world. It doesn't soften them. It does soften them a little bit, if I'm fair. Right, right. And also uh, the the comment that you read about privilege, I'm just like, oh, she's fortunate enough Mm. to have the mother who will just be like, okay, we're going to get through this together. Whereas, you know, if you look at other teen pregnancies, not so much. 
Yeah, I, th- I think we've watched films, Mandy, where people have, we see people being kicked out of houses for things like this and mm-hmm. absolutely having nowhere mm-hmm. to go and uh, possibly speaks to... Certainly in, the, in this community might be more of the experience. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, because we got to see what happened to Dean. Mm-hmm. You know, and that wasn't a teen pregnancy, but it was still in, in this community an aberration. And they kicked him out. You right. know, and, and Mary's mom was close to kicking her out. Exactly. And and I did think, because when they talked about Mercy House, she said it's a place for something gay conversion and unwed mothers. Yeah. And I thought, ah, that's yeah. what they're setting up here. That's where she's absolutely going to end up. And they... Is it just a thing about the character of the mom that they didn't do that? Or is it because it's easier to play it as a very light, nice comedy. Is that where they're softening it so it's not quite so anti-religion? Well, I don't think it would have worked if they had sent her there because of the message they were trying Mm, to say, I think. I think having Dean go there worked, but having both Dean and Mary go there for for two different reasons, it, it would have meant that we couldn't have had that final shot where she was accepted and suddenly was happy in the faith that she, that she found like her faith evolved in this movie and if they had sent her to mercy house i don't think that would have happened yeah that's very true i think mm-hmm. so we got a number of these comments from uh lauren at six legged knits uh, as she watched it and lots of things she pointing pointed out about it i think uh in some ways the the way she wrapped it up it is it speaks very much to the the conversation we're having about your experiences with it. I think a lot of people who are moving away from evangelicalism, evangelicalism, Evan- evangelicalism. Okay, that one. <laughs> <laughs> we'll see their past in this. It especially reminded me of my experiences at creation in the early two thousands. I wonder how much the churches are still like this. Now, Diana, it sounds like you wouldn't expect it to be all that different yet. Uh, again, if I were to go back uh because it's i haven't i haven't been to a mass in over a decade Mm. uh and i'm willing to wager that a lot of it will still be the same but like i said they've made a little bit of changes since then so i will show my ignorance um if i'm there but i would probably just be a quiet observer and uh recognize probably 75 percent of what's going on i would expect it to largely still be the same um, just given that I did recently experience mm. a pseudo church service at that um, Christian concert that I went to just last month, mm-hmm. um, and it was very familiar to me. You know, not a lot have changed the the verbiage, the language, the the body language. You know, everything about it was very similar to how it had been a decade ago, two decades ago. Um, I think. I I think especially, you know, and some of the things we haven't really talked about are like the silliness of Pastor Skip trying to be on the kids level, mm. you know, trying to be cool to show them Jesus can be cool too. You know, like as as much as it hurts me to say this, if I were still in the church, that would be me because wow. I, I did do a lot of the youth stuff. And right. so back then when I was active, I was, you know, in, in high school and college and just out of college. And so I was still young enough that it was okay. But we always tried to do really fun, exciting things that, that were not church-like to bring the church to people. 
And and so that just feels completely accurate. Do you also remember when Skip and uh, Mary's mom were on a date and she wasn't paying attention to what he was saying, but I was because I thought it was really interesting talking about, you know, I can't understand the difference between Christian rock and and mm-hmm. then non-Christian rock. And he's like, oh, that's exactly the point, though. You know, yes. it sounds the same. You get the message across. Boom, you saved another soul. I'm like, yes. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. No, that is accurate. That is absolutely. I have said things like that before. Oh, wow. Um, it's it's funny because uh, so when I transitioned from the very, very conservative fundamentalist church into a non-denominational church, um, mm-hmm. very, very different my pastor at the Independent Baptist Church actually approached me and told me he was losing sleep because I was listening to contemporary Christian music because contemporary oh. Christian music was not godly music. Um, and and I, so I, I went through that experience of being involved in a church where that was not okay at all. You would absolutely not want to do that. It needed to be very recognizably godly. Huh. And I transitioned through college and after college into a non-denominational church where Christian rock was a thing. And I absolutely like the more secular it sounded, the better, because it was more likely to get somebody to listen to it. And if they listen to it, they might get the message of the words. Right. So, yes, absolutely. I don't know that I would have put it quite as blatantly as Pastor Skip did in that moment. Mm-hmm. But, yes, that is absolutely the intent behind Christian rock. It's still the intent behind Christian rock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, with all due respect, <laughs> I mean, it's it is what it is. Okay. And and again, I think that's a thing that we don't have over here. So it's a little hard to speak to because when you say Christian rock, all I think of is Creed. Can you take- I'm not even sure that's right. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's funny, but no. <laughs> yeah, no, it's a whole, like, contemporary Christian music is a whole thing over here. And it's, you know, it's it's like Christian pop music. And it, it's all the lyrics are, it, it's almost across the board, it's evangelical. It's, okay. it's not Catholic. It's not... Um, you know, Pentecostal, it's it's very, very specific to, I think, evangelical Christianity, but it's huge. Mm. And it's all about how your life can change in God and what Jesus does for you and how God is your father and all, all of that very biblical language mm-hmm. wrapped up in very, what's the word that I'm looking for? secular sounds i guess because it does sound like if you don't listen to the words if you just played the music you wouldn't know that it was intended to be christian Mm. oh yeah there's a i think south park has done an episode about that and then the simpsons have done a joke about that where you know oh we switched from you know christian to to what is it secular is that right Yes. Yes. Secular. And then uh, all you have to do is change the word Jesus to baby. <laughs> right. Yes, actually. And in some ways that is true. Yeah. So I, I used to love contemporary Christian music and, and I still do. I think some of the, the songs are, are good. They sound good. Right. Um, they're catchy. Um, mm-hmm. I still I have a Spotify playlist called Reminiscing. Uh-huh. That's oh, got yeah. a lot of my favorite songs from back when 
the lyrics meant something to me. Mm-hmm. Um, now the lyrics don't, um, but the songs still, they're fun to sing too. Mm. Yeah. You know, just because I enjoy the music. And, and I think a lot of times it gets a bad rap, like people make fun of it and say that it's not real music, but I've never been one of those people because I think it still requires a tremendous amount of talent to do it. Yes. I mean, I'm not going to downplay a person's, you know, vocal ability. Yeah. Mm. But a lot of times the lyrics are very, very similar. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have a question for the two of you that may or may not mean anything. Okay. This film, as I understand it, was set in or near Baltimore. Um, mm-hmm. it, does that mean anything? Does that add anything to the film? Are they pointedly not setting it in a, I'm going to say, Mandy, in inverted commas, southern state? <laughs> I don't know, actually. Um, I I could make up an answer that would make sense, <laughs> but it's probably not true. I want. Do you want me to make up an answer? I, I wondered it particularly when they got to the bit about the guns, because that surprised me with them shooting guns. Um, on the gun range. Oh, see, now that doesn't surprise me at all. Okay, so cool. for you not living in the United States and, and not really. And maybe not understanding, but not being super familiar with some of the culture that mm. we have here. The southern states, um, what we call the south, um, is generally also referred to as the Bible Belt. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm. Have you heard that phrase before? Yes. Probably from okay. you, but yes. <laughs> Probably from me, yes. So what that basically means is in the south, there is a church, at least one church on every street corner, right. if not four on the corners, you know. Um it, it's very religion is a very large part of the culture here being set in Baltimore, just not quite far enough North to be considered Yankee, mm-hmm. but not really part of the South either mm. gives them an interesting kind of compromise. I think where they can be super Christian without being super conservative which is why you get the the rock stuff and the um, <laughs> it cracked me up when the girls changed out of their Christian their school uniforms into like the sexy shirts and tight jeans for the school assembly mm-hmm. to mm-hmm. sing. Um, you you could get moments like that that are super less conservative, but it's still conservative enough that you get demonizing. Uh, homosexuality, demonizing teen pregnancy, you know, making it okay to shoot the guns and things like that. Mm -hmm. And so you're like, it's like right in that like middle ground, I think. And I think Baltimore geographically fits that. I don't know if that's what they were going for, but I can see that being a choice that could have been made. Yeah, I think that makes sense tying into that point of they're trying to walk a little bit of a middle line. They're not setting this in a Tennessee, a Carolina, <laughs> a, mm-hmm. a stereotypically southern state. And they're not also setting right. it in a, you know, Rhode Island. <laughs> Somewhere right. that it just does not feel like it's it It's not New York yeah, or something, absolutely. yeah. Right. Mm, yeah, I, I think she has a better insight than I do because <laughs> I grew up, live in California, and we have a lot of very, very strict gun laws. Whereas um, 
shooting ranges and stuff like that. Uh, I'm not familiar with them, but that's also because I'm terrified of guns. Right. But uh, but my husband um, has gone shooting before, and he has a friend who lives in Nevada, and he's very excited because the laws are a lot more lenient over there. He's like, ooh, ooh. And I'm like, honey, can we bring ammunition over the border? I don't know what the rules are. Is it like bananas where we have to declare them? <laughs> so it's uh, – I just – again, it's one of those things I just tune out because I don't want to shoot things. Right. It's very fair. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Diana, can you? I mean, this is a, a film you definitely wanted to bring on. Can you pick out certain points that you particularly love, or is it just all of it speaks to experience and is wonderful because of that thing? Oh, well, <laughs> again, all of it speaks to experience, and so it's interesting. But on rewatching it, one of the things that really stuck out in my head was when Cassandra was uh, t- confronting Mary about the whole thing, and she was just kind of digging at her and just like, you know, oh, you know, it's too late for the big A. Uh, what are you going to do? I mean, I, I mean, you could sell your kid. And <laughs> when she finally gets the truth out of Mary, she instantly softens and is incredibly compassionate. Mm. And you see a real friendship there blossoming, you know, just like, hey, we're going to cut school and we're going to go shopping. And while they are, you know, doing all these really nice things for her, but at the same time, charging it all to Hillary Faye's credit card, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> I just think the fact that she recognized what was going on uh, and decided to stop teasing and just try to be helpful in the only way that she knew how was just incredible to witness, you know, the second go around. I know the whole thing is just, oh, my God, it's the the Jewish student, you know, showing the compassion. So, you know, highlighting that type of, you know, hypocrisy of everything, but just the friendship there. Mm. Incredible. And I loved that moment. And it just... I mean, anytime you go into a a wardrobe montage, I'm a fan. So yes, <laughs> good style sense too. I, I applaud her for that. Yes, I think she was actually my favorite character. Right, she was great, and just her acceptance of Roland too. Oh yeah, but yet yeah, not in a pity way. Yeah, you know they absolutely stand up to each other to the extent she turns around and says, "If you keep looking at me like that, I'm going to push you off a cliff." Yep. Mm-hmm. Good honor. Yeah. Like yeah, absolutely. Like she treated him like any other person mm. and she was the only one who did that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and Roland's an interesting one. I I would assume it's Macaulay Culkin because they wanted a name recognition in there. Why it's not someone who is actually in a wheelchair or just a generic person? Hmm. I mean, for some reason, I absolutely cannot back this up with any proof, but I I feel this has a kind of a subversive enough tone for him where he's like, oh, hey, this is kind of on the opposite spectrum, all the family movies that I've been doing. So oh, I yeah. would love to take mm. this role. Yeah. Just a guess on my part. Yeah. Yeah, that I can absolutely see. That's a good shout. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, M- Mandy, do you have any favorite things in this? Um, I had a couple. Go on. I think my favorite was actually when Mary figures out that she's actually pregnant and she goes and kind of does the the prayer standing in front of the church. You know, she's got her hands out like she's praying and she starts cussing. <laughs> yes. And then all of a sudden the, the camera pans down so that it's directly in front of her face and she stares into the camera and says, God damn it. Like, just... 
cinematography, cinematog- I don't know what word I'm <laughs> trying to say, but from like a film perspective, I loved that scene mm. from just um, a narrative perspective of what she's going through and being familiar with the general situation. I also loved that scene because it's, it's impactful. Like it, that's a heavy thing for her to say. It means mm-hmm. something for her to say that. Mm-hmm. And I thought they did it beautifully. Um, so I think that's probably my favorite thing. It, it reminded me of the end of the West Wing episode, Two Cathedrals, where yes. President Bartlett is berating God in the cathedral. Have I displeased you, you feckless thug? It's got that sort of thing of wow. like, you were supposed to be there for me. This wasn't supposed yes. to happen. What, what, what? Yes. And it works. It does. It absolutely works. Mm-hmm. Um, I think my favorite funny thing. Okay. God, and this is terrible. It's when sex ed came to the school. <laughs> and, and Pastor Skip said, it's all about populating the planet and good Christians don't get jiggy with it until marriage. <laughs> yeah. And it's so painfully accurate. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So there's that one. Um, oh, I if think... I can, if I can chime in with mm. one too. Yeah, when they're at the prom, and the first one was uh, Dean and the rest of the people from Mercy House coming up, and he says, uh, "Mary, there's someone I want to introduce you to," and she's like, "Oh, is this your life partner?" And <laughs> I thought it was great because even though she's learned so much about it, she still has the oh oh life partner yeah. this is you know well like no this is my prom date i'm like oh okay <laughs> right yeah <laughs> there is that version of it and then after when she goes into labor and they're in the ambulance and he's like uh the the person in there i only have room for one of you uh i'm the boyfriend uh i i'm the father uh i'm his boyfriend <laughs> yeah <laughs> Did anybody else feel bad for him having to be in the picture at the end? Like, they're all crowded around Mary. He's just had this baby, and this kid doesn't know any of these people. <laughs> it's like, like, he has to feel so awkward standing there. Right, right. Yeah. And also, they didn't know, so <laughs> he was just like, oh, okay. Right? Yeah. Um. So what about you, Matthew? Did you find any of this humorous or fun? I... I, I... Quite like just in a in a film sense in general, they didn't go to stereotypes where they could have done. the The closest mm. they came certainly with Patrick and and you know the the gay people at the um at Mercy House. They had the thing of him doing the ice skating, but in general it wasn't. And they're now utterly camp and feminized and something it would have been easy to do. I think. Whether you're doing this film from the Christian perspective or the religious perspective, whether you're doing it from the secular perspective, that's still a joke everyone goes to. And they didn't. And I kind of appreciate that. And they did the same thing about her being pregnant. It wasn't just, and now she's big and swollen ankles and eating ridiculous foods and just part of the plot. Hmm. I I appreciate that from film. However, I quite like darkness in these things. And the bit where she takes the pregnancy test and she's looking at it just going, please be cancer, please be cancer, please be cancer. <laughs> that is so dark. That is so wrong. It shouldn't be. It's pretty messed up. But it's really funny. Yeah. It's really yeah. good. 
I I honestly I wanted to pick that line, but I I struggle with the whole cancer thing because I've I've lost people to cancer, mm. and so I feel like fuck cancer very strongly in my bones. But yes, it was dark and it was also funny. Uh, absolutely on the same page as that, but it it in the same way the joke about the pipe bomb speaks to his, you know, where his head goes to with these things. The mm-hmm, fact right. that cancer would be better than being pregnant. Like, it tells you a lot, as well as being like, yeah. oh, you can't make that joke. Oh, film, come mm-hmm. on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, fun fact. Um, so, the reason that she said, please be cancer, please be cancer, is because the thing that triggered her to realize that she might be pregnant was she was watching this Lifetime movie with her mom starring Valerie Bertinelli <laughs> yeah. called Bitter Harvest. <laughs> um, and Valerie Bertinelli's character thought she was pregnant because she had all these symptoms, and it turned out she had cancer. So, I looked up that movie to see if it was real. Okay. Very sadly, it is not. (laughs) Which means Valerie Bertinelli did that cameo for this movie. (laughs) Just to be funny, I think. I love it. Yeah, not a real movie. I totally would have watched it if it was. You would have. I was just about to say, you would have watched that straight after, wouldn't you? (laughs) Oh, absolutely. (laughs) One, I like Lifetime movies. Two, I like Valerie Bertinelli. Mm Would have been great. Mm Mm-hmm. But overall, it's a good film. It's very fun. It was. I'm glad I watched it, and I would watch it again. Um, but I knew it was going to be tough to talk about, and it was going to be heavy. And yeah, I, I would love to hear more from our listeners on kind of how they feel about some of the themes of this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I definitely think it holds up. Yes, I agree. Mm-hmm. It's a very smart movie. I, yeah, I, I agree with you. And also, uh, I was concerned that, you know, because a lot of the movies I watched when I was younger, I watched them again. I'm just like, oh, that doesn't feel good. That doesn't hold up like yeah. it used to. This this one was smart enough to maintain itself. Now, whether mm-hmm. or not the original humor is something that will capture a person, that's different. But, you know, watching it then, watching it now, I'm still laughing in all these different places and, and still enjoying it. Yeah. Yeah, because presumably you get moments of that, some of the films you watch, some of the older ones, where they make a joke or they make an aside or something, like, oh, you wouldn't do that now. Yeah. Mm. That's not funny. So thank you very much for bringing this on. Um, And and thank you for helping have a, I I think, a a good and honest conversation about it without getting too dark. (laughs) Not an easy one. Um, speaking of the films that you have watched on your show, is there anything that you've covered or other favorites from your past that you think Mandy should now go and check out? Well, I mean, if you want to hit up a a 90s comedy that is more in the uh, darker, but at the same time, not, uh, not too, too heavy. Uh, there is this movie called Don't Tell Mom the Babysitter's Dead. And it stars uh, Christina Applegate, and she's a teenager who's uh, very happy to start her summer, but then turns out her mom is leaving for, like, the whole summer and left them with a babysitter. Mm-hmm. And the title is uh, kind of accurate in that mm-hmm. not too too long afterwards, the babysitter dies, and uh, they're left to fend for themselves. So she get, has to get crafty to help out her uh, family of five, because they definitely don't want the mom to come home. Yeah, so I actually have seen that one. Oh, 
Oh, very nice. That, that was I, one of my favorites when I was a kid. Um, it's funny because we actually, we talked about it a little bit last week because we had Justine from the Cutaways on to talk about <gasps> adventures in babysitting. Dang so um, very similar kind of in tone, except nobody died. So Right. Although what's interesting about adventures in babysitting is, is that that has, I want to say like drug dealers in it. So I'm thinking, oh, it's such a nice, lighthearted, mm. fun movie. No, there's like... <laughs> There's some There's attempted like, murder in there. I know. I know. I'm like, wait a minute. What? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a good one. Um, oh, okay. No, that's awesome. If you've seen it, then I'm I'm hoping that my recommendation then uh, was on was on brand that uh, you would have enjoyed it. Oh yes, no, loved it. Excellent. Well, then I had a I had a backup. Um, it it's not quite uh, uh, looking at saved and how it was very uh, kind of under the radar. Uh, there's this movie called Hamlet 2 and hmm. it's got Steve Coogan in it and it's it's by no means uh, brilliant but it has some gems in it that I think is really great and so he's a, a teacher who wants to you know write something and so instead what he, he does the best thing that he can in that he writes a play and then has his students put it on and it's called Hamlet 2 where they throw in all of these uh, different elements that are kind of blasphemous to it and so for some reason because everyone dies at the end of hamlet he brings in a time travel element and there's a musical number called rock me sexy jesus and for me that was just more than enough to start laughing okay i yeah it's a little bit subversive but uh like i said put it at the bottom of your list that sounds totally up my street that sounds amazing (laughs) amy poehler we have to put this on the list Oh, okay. Yeah, no, the the cast is incredible, and it's just, the trailer had me in a minute, and I just thought it was great. Yeah, no, Matthew, we have to put this on the list. Yeah, I really want to see I've that. I've never heard of it, but <laughs> no. this looks amazing. <laughs> yeah, Amy Poehler jumps in, because they try to shut down the play, because it's just way too controversial, and then she's the person who legally wants to, you know, keep it on, so she decides to step in as his lawyer to keep it, the, the play will go on. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah, we're doing that. Okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> All right. Well, if you would like to join the conversation, you can use the hashtag PC Deprived on Twitter. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Eloquent Gushing, or you can send an email to podcast at eloquentgushing.com. Diana, thank you so much for coming on again um, and bringing a, a really good film to talk about. Where can people find your show? Where can they find you? Oh, thank you. Uh, so you can find Happily Ever Aftermath on any of your favorite podcatchers. Uh, we're also on Twitter at Hemecast. That's H-E-A-M-C-A-S-T. And we're on Facebook at Happily Ever Aftermath. Mm, and everyone should go and check that. There's a number of shows that we've also done as well. So a, a, a sort of cool partner to what we've talked about. And there's a number there that I'm looking forward to us covering. So um, they're, they're, it is a very, very good range of films. Thank you. Pop Culture Deprived is completely funded by listeners like you through Patreon. Anything you can give, even $1 a month, it gives access to exclusive content and helps to support the network and to develop other shows. If you want to find out more, visit patreon.com slash eloquentgushing and check out our homepage eloquentgushing.com where you can find all those other shows. And we will be back next week with another episode of Pop Culturally Deprived where we are starting Matthew's pop culture education, an entire month of movies Matthew hasn't seen, starting with one of my favorites, The Sweetest Thing, also starring Christina Applegate. 
So until next time, I'm Mandy Kay. And why would God make us all so different if he wanted us to be the same? Pop Culturally Deprived is an Eloquent Gushing production. For more information, go to eloquentgushing.com or find us on Twitter at Eloquent Gushing.